Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. Andrew's here. Andrew! <laughs> yeah, after a long sabbatical. <laughs> and he's got a haircut, too. Like, man. Yeah. It was a lucky chain of events where Andrew was getting a haircut and could fit us into his hectic schedule. Yeah. Man, and books maybe you got too. We don't know. There was it was a busy day for you. It seems like so far. Yeah, yeah. So far, I haven't even been up that long. So <laughs> he's jamming it all into the day early. I like days like this. Like already, I've done a little bit of Mayfair work. I got here a bit early because there was a popcorn delivery for bags and oil and stuff. And you had to lift it yourself. Even they didn't even help me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because they thought that didn't come included in the price. <laughs> it's the biggest Kevin Smith thing of like, I'm not even supposed to be here today, and I'm lifting oil cans. You're like, are you working tonight, or is no? This, this is just fun for you. <laughs> this yeah. This is fun. <laughs> well, I asked. We had to get stuff delivered, and they said, when can we deliver it? And I asked if they could deliver it while someone was here, Yeah, and the answer was no. <laughs> so I was like, fine, I'll come in a bit early and handle it. But the poor bastards. The poor bastards. What was once a thriving industry, that popcorn company is now two people in a minivan, because I think like many businesses over all of this, they lost a bunch of people and had to scale down. Yeah. So it was a minivan delivering our stuff, where yeah. not that long ago, it was a big giant truck. But you think they're covering us, the Bytown, the multiplexes. So you would think that now that we're kind of back in the swing of things, that maybe they could hire a couple more people. I don't yeah. know. Or at least like, I don't know, have maybe like a funnier car, or maybe like a big clown car where they got all the popcorn and stuff. Yeah, like there. a Wienermobile. <laughs> Paint it yellow. <laughs> oh man, that would be so much more fun. But yeah, so anyhow, so we had a productive day and we have a bunch of movies to talk about this week. We have seven events to talk about this week events not even just movies events we should call them all events though to be fair it makes it more like exciting to come to a movie yeah well i make that little extra effort to try and make the mayfair branded poster for everything we screen which is more work but kind of once upon a time we just did that for special things and it's just that trick it's like huh look it's special but i think about back in the old days when we played a lot more kids movies and i'm like would i be making a special premiere poster for Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Part three. We screened all three. <laughs> yeah, we did. Were there Are more there than five three? Of them now? I don't even that's the thing. Like we wouldn't even know. And then we could just blame the pandemic if we didn't get the others. We're like, we would have. We were <laughs> the theater of Alvin. That's my go-to example whenever somebody's a little snobbish about cinema. Is I'm like, well, yeah, sure, we play some good highbrow stuff. But to be fair, we also screened Three Alvin and the Chipmunks movies three years in a row. <laughs> yeah, that was like, you know, when we couldn't get a Star Wars. It, it was like you're kind of... I think they were all March breaks, yeah. Desperate. Yeah, like, I was reminded of the Last Jedi March break, which, oh. like, feels like 15 years ago at this yeah. point. But I just remember being, like, so excited for that. And Well, I mean, and well, I'm not, I can't speak for Andrew, but I know, like, you and I loved that movie. I assume you also loved Last Jedi. I'm just going to go ahead and say... I, oh, I'm, The Last Jedi? Yeah, yeah. Not Return of the Jedi. No, no, no. La, yeah, I mean, that one, of course, but yeah. I that. like Andrew because he doesn't know anything about Star Wars. <laughs> he's so, so, he's and, like an outsider. And he doesn't mind if I just say that he loves a movie, even if he didn't love it. So, I mean, that's still... I mean, I know a little bit, but I'm not... But unlike... Not the way Lee... Well, yeah. No, you know, nobody's, nobody's... How many yeah. times has way. Lee dragged you to a Star Wars? Mm, that's a good oh, question. Oh, we only saw... The present ones? Like the Disney ones? We saw... um. I saw Last Jedi and Force Awakens by myself. Ooh. Without Lee. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was going like yeah. 20, you know, he saw those movies like 50 times. Yeah. I saw Rogue One with them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's that, a good one to that see. That might be my favorite of the... Well, it's like self-contained and mm -hmm. like... Yeah, that, that one I liked because it was like a it's like a war movie. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Definitely. There's a part during that movie where, I mean, spoiler, if no one's seen Rogue One, 
fast forward 30 seconds, but where I was like, holy crap, they're going to kill everybody. Yeah. And for a Star Wars movie that's selling action figures and lunchboxes, you're like, that's something. Like, that's pretty daring of Disney to go, yeah, yeah, just kill them all. That's fine. Yeah, it was definitely gutsy. Like, you expect Forrest Whitaker to die. I mean, no offense, (laughs) but like, you know, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, this kind of crazy guy who's uh, going all out, he's probably not going to survive. But surely one or two of the cast members. But Not not the plucky robot. No, not so much. Yeah, Not Donnie Yen. And they are doing that series for, what's his name, Andor, you know. Yeah. But that's obviously going to be a prequel kind of thing. So that's your way around that. Spoiler. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But no, I have heard that from other people too, that that's their favorite one because it's it's not it's star wars but it's not quite star wars you know like there's kind of more to it it draws on a lot more genres as well mm. what's your star wars andrew is it quentin tarantino probably <laughs> like that's the most thing you're nerdy about and know all yeah. the the little easter eggs and yeah i mean i have you know in my apartment right like on the center wall is a once upon a time in hollywood poster where'd you get that uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my apartment right about, now. I have to think about it. Quentin Tarantino no. is tied up in the apartment. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's. But a- Quentin is an interesting. I mean, still nerdy, but not sci-fi nerdy, obviously. But akin to Star Wars is his movies have all these little weird crossovers and characters who you don't need to know this, but off camera there's relations and they have the same brand cigarette or just weird stuff like that. Yeah. Where you could just watch a movie of his, but then if you kind of know the little hints. And then you're like, wait, does From Dust Till Dawn happen in this universe? Are there vampires in the Pulp Fiction world? Like, Yeah, like he reuses a lot of... I mean, he names some of his minor characters. Like there's a scene in Hateful Eight where they mention a man's name, like a man who's being hung because Tim Roth plays the hangman. And it, the name of the guy is like a guy that Quentin Tarantino worked with at the video store, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he names minor characters after like well, it isn't friends. The Vegas? Isn't the... There's a couple of Vegas, yeah, the brothers. Right? Isn't John Travolta related to somebody from Reservoir Dogs? Yeah, yeah. Michael Madsen from Reservoir Dogs, I think, is brothers with Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction. Is The Hangman related to The Hangman's Daughter, the sequel to From Dust Till Dawn? (laughs) Whoa. Or is that totally... (laughs) I didn't think of that. I didn't think of it until you just said it. And then I'm I'm like, that wouldn't shock me. But that's he's he's our kind of geek, you know, like Tarantino. Like, if there's going to be a weird little reference, it probably is on purpose. Yeah. Dust Till Dawn's a good example of... I would love... I'm sure there's people out there who just went to see it, kind of maybe seeing the poster and knowing it was a Tarantino movie, and then halfway through, vampires show up. Because the first half of the movie is just a Tarantino movie. It's like a crime movie. Yeah. Crime yeah. movie. And then, bam, vampires. It, it threw me off, man. When I, As a kid, when I saw it, I remember that was when I was pretty heavy into Tarantino, as I guess everyone was pretty much at the time. And I loved the first half, and then I didn't... Like, I liked the second half in a different way, but they just felt like two totally different movies, which, you know, I've come to appreciate, and that was the whole point of it. But when you're like, oh, yeah, you know, Tarantino, and I'm going to watch this, and you're like, oh, cool, and then it just gets crazy, and you're like what like what what happened and and just as a teenager you know it just was so unexpected and like weird and it just really it took a while to appreciate that genre shift yeah there needs to be more movies like that it would be like if a terminator showed up halfway through (laughs) pulp fiction yeah yeah (laughs) it'd be awesome actually that's hard nowadays because trailers are worse than ever of just like alice which we screened recently that's a good example which is I think a movie that you go into, most people know the twist, but I saw the trailer here a week or so before I saw the movie, and it was one of those trailers that was just the movie. It was it was a <laughs> two-minute synopsis of the movie. It was Cole's Notes. Right up to the end, the last scene in the trailer was the last scene in the movie. And I know that's a movie that the twist is kind of up front, but 
they could have still played it a little differently of just being not revealed the first part of the movie maybe or something and yeah. still make it a movie that people were interested to come to see but i understand that one a little bit where they were trying to put the twist front and center but it's pretty hard to not discuss the twist i guess and now that i'm thinking about it if you were to make a trailer about that it would be about the first 20 minutes of the movie yeah like, it's, so it's, I don't, you'd have to be a teaser trailer at best and then be like never read anything more about this if you want to watch not the best of movies but some of the modern godzilla movies have been good <laughs> at that where a different kaiju shows up that's kind of a surprise so it's fun where it's like yeah we know you're already coming to see godzilla I remember for, to go back to Star Wars briefly, in Star Wars Episode 2, Jango Fett shows up and he's on the poster. And I always thought, all of us nerds are coming anyhow. And by putting Jango Fett on the poster, you're not going to appeal to any normies walking in. Mm -hmm. So why not just leave that as a surprise? Why not leave that as a reveal? I don't know. I I think there's a mindset of some people in Hollywood where show them everything to try to get them. They kind of did mm-hmm. do that with Rogue One, though, to get back to that. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have Vader on the posters. Which I'm sure he's on some posters oh, somewhere yeah. in the world. But yeah. for a long time on the released material and stuff, they did not mention Vader at all. I suppose that could be a spoiler if you haven't yet seen Rogue One. We're being real jerks today. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was kind of cool because like that's, for some people, the best part of the movie or the best part of any Star Wars movie. And it's barely, you know, it's right at the end there. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool because they could have marketed that entire movie around Vader. And yeah. people would have probably been a little pissed about that i guess marvel's good at that i won't say why (laughs) i can't imagine anyone hasn't seen spider-man yet but i managed to go see the most recent spider-man yeah i think i just i was busy i wasn't on the internet a lot covid i went in with just the back of my head knowing a rumor about the spoilers in the movie but i didn't think they were real so then when all the twists and turns happened i was just geek overwhelmed it was so fun and now that's all out there. Like, I think on the DVD box, I think... Yeah, Vader's on the cover. Vader's like, on the well, cover of Spider-Man. They put him yeah. in Spider-Man. What a twist. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I think Marvel's good at that, where they can still... They know you're coming. They know you're coming to see Spider-Man, so mm-hmm. don't you don't have to reveal the twist. How the mind plays tricks on you. Gwen and I recently made our way through Kids in the Hall. And I had seen most of them. She hadn't seen a lot of them. And I had a false memory in my head that there was a Hecubus sketch in which they jokingly revealed the twist in Crying Game. Actually, it was the twist in Presumed Innocent. But then I'm sitting there shell-shocked, and I was like, is this purely my brain playing tricks on me? But then I was like, in high school, I saw the kids in the hall live. So maybe they did that live, and my Mm, brain computed uh. it over to a sketch I saw on TV. So now I'm kind of looking around the internet to try to find their set list. But that's an example of, that movie was popular in cinemas, and on a sketch show, they gave that away. And it was so funny it's, because you could hear the well, shock in the audience. that was punchline in the 90s. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like even there's a Simpsons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mayor <laughs> Quimby. In other news, the chick in the crying game is really a man. Boo. <laughs> I mean, man, that was a good movie. That's, that's the funniest cover I've ever. Man, that's a good movie. <laughs> I was just watching Hot Shots 1 and 2, which is not a brag. You mean part deux. Exactly, to get it correct. And boy, part one sucked and did not <laughs> and did not aged gracefully. But part two, in the end credits, they do the funny gags in the credits sometimes. And the one was like, the twist in the crying game, it's really a man. Instead of the actors, you know, it would say like an actor's name and right. then the character name. And so instead it said that. So it did that bit in the credits for Hot Shots part deux, which was 94, I think. And literally, I watched that two days ago, so it's spooky to me that we are... We're talking about it now. Yeah, like this weird crying game tie-in that we're all experiencing. 
Well, just my last cry game thought. Didn't Ebert get in trouble for blowing the spoiler? He might have, yeah. On two thumbs up, two thumbs down? That's an Andrew question. I think he did. And people were like, why? And he had some... It's weird. I really like Ebert. But every once in a while, I'm, I don't know. Like I like Ebert more post Siskel. Like, <laughs> he, he seemed to calm down a bit and be nicer. When he was in the trenches with Siskel, it was just like two guys who hated each other. <laughs> like, just oh, having really to, went at it. Just yeah. having to go to work My every favorite day. favorite is, is their review of Crash. David Cronenberg's Crash, where yeah. they really argue over that one. Ebert loved it, and yeah. Siskel was like, ah, this is stupid. Yeah, oh, Siskel man, was like to, a prude, wasn't he? Like, that. He was, yeah, a little bit. They mostly seem to hate a lot of horror movies. Just some well, of them yeah, are the, just... In the 80s, when all those splatter movies were coming out, yeah. they had to review... They used to do the dog of the week. It's so funny. They hated Army of Darkness too to bring it back to Josh. Two Monsters. thumbs down. What? Yeah, not even not even a half thumb. I mean, they never did that. But Ebert still. liked Evil Dead Two. I think I can see that. Yeah, because I it's, think he liked that one. Because it's yeah, it's got that manic energy and whatever. And yeah, I could see it. Yeah, sometimes there'll be ones where it's like you would never expect him to like it, and then he liked it. Or the other guy hated it. And I say the other guy because it wasn't always the Cisco. other guy. <laughs> well, that's why I never liked their fifty fifty review because sometimes Ebert would be like. Thumbs up for Cop and a Half. <laughs> and, and also thumbs up for Casablanca. And you're like, wait, are those both the same? Those are equal movies in my <laughs> yeah. mind. but I'm not big on reviews anyhow, but I prefer at least a five-star rating or a something, you know, because just giving it 50-50 is just like, all these are bad, all these are great. Yeah, thumb and a half for cop and a half at the very <laughs> yeah, least. And, I mean, one sawed off thumb. Or at least they did that sequel too with Dolph Lundgren, cop and a oh, half that's, too. No, that's Kindergarten Cop. Oh, my, my bad, my bad. Lou Diamond Phillips did <laughs> cop and a half, cop and a half two or Is that cop, what it, two, or, two and a half cops. Yeah, what, it was they some it? stupid twist on the title. Like cop, it, It's sort of like when they did the Naked Gun sequels, Naked Gun two and a half. Yeah, but for real. Like and then not... Naked Gun 33 and a third. See, I'll have to watch those too. Doing Loaded Weapon 1 next. I, I oh don't know why I, I fell on this mid-90s kind of junky comedy that at the time. It's funny. Like 10-year-old me thought uh, Hot Shots was the funniest thing ever. But 39-year-old me was like, <laughs> wow, uh, this is not super great. I have a feeling a lot Lloyd of Bridges those. is really funny in it. That's true. I'll be honest. Hot Shots Part 2 was better. The, the sequel was better. But that's not to say I'm recommending it or that the Saddam Hussein jokes aged really uh, well. Well, when he's eating crackers in bed and then he gets the dustbuster out <laughs> it's not without its charms yeah. i'll say i just remember spy hard had a weird al theme song james bond style <laughs> yeah, which I, was remember awesome. that. Oh, I remember that andy griffith plays the bad guy <laughs> i saw something recently with a weird al theme song and it was totally like uh, old uh, 80s pro- or maybe 90s and it was just so unexpected like the last when you hear the song you're like is that weird al and then you see it it's like original song by weird al, and I, I, for the life of me i won't remember what movie but just those weird little things in life where you're like, how, why, uh, who, you know? I loved he did Dare to be Stupid in the Transformers animated mm. movie. That was pretty awesome. That's, yeah, because they were both 82, I think. Transformers movie? No, it was a little later. That or, was like 85, I think. Was Dare to be Stupid 82? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. We had the cassette tape, and I was oh. born in 82, and I was like born into that tape. That was your birth literally. gift? Well, was your... <laughs> I remember bringing it to my friend's house, and he taped a copy without asking, and I was like mad that he... He stole the tape because like I was like he didn't even ask to make a copy but then I got in trouble because it had uh, maybe one swear like not more than like three swears but I think I think he says shit when we were like eight years old six years yeah. old or whatever so we were like oh wow this is a big deal and I remember he got in trouble and then I got in trouble for lending him the tape and then my brother got in trouble for having the tape and it was this whole big thing from dare to be stupid and then weird Al sued you for stealing his intellectual property yeah basically it wasn't a good scene 
back then though it was just like you put the tape in here you put the tape in there yeah done it was yeah, i used to do that all the time i don't know why i was being a jerk about it i just it was like this is mine and i want it's you know it's just stupid selfish kid stuff it's funny people think about piracy now, but I'm like, yeah, but back then, that's all people were doing was making mixed tapes all the time. And- they worked it into the cost of tapes, like blank tapes. They had a stipend that went to the record labels because people knew they were making copies of stuff. So that was oh, actually I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that was actually built into the cost of probably not much, I would think. But That would be like if back in the day people went to some big torrent site and been like, yeah, you got to give 20% to the acting <laughs> unions because we know you're stealing all these TV shows and movies. Yeah, like, I don't know if they did it for blank VHS tapes as well, but it wouldn't surprise me. I remember uh, hearing that back in the day. I was like, that's interesting. And CDRs, I think there might have been an element of that as well, but it would be such small margins that it basically is nothing anyways. I love how no one cares anymore. Like, remember those commercials? It'd be some <laughs> some like prop guy like, Oh, yeah. Oh, when people uh, download movies from the internet, it really takes away from the industry. Like, there were all those guilty... Yeah, you those would P- download those a PSAs. Car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those PSAs good. that were meant to make you feel guilty, and now like piracy is like better than ever, and like no one cares. <laughs> yeah, well, we got no, some of the best piracy of all time right now. <laughs> but no, no, it's, it's the opposite. Where people were like, "Oh, for a reasonable price, I can have Spotify or Disney Plus or Kindle stuff, whatever." Yeah, and supposedly now piracy is still there, but it's so low, and kids today are not doing it the way a teenager did 20 years ago or 15 years ago because they're just like, oh, this is five bucks a month. This is whatever. So yeah, it's a very interesting time where now it's, I think also because everything's not real, there's no physical (laughs) media. So people are just used to paying a buck for this or whatever. But Uh, sad to hear you say that sentence though, that there's no physical media. I mean, I I know it's only half true. When it's going to end. Is it 10 years? Is it 20 years? Like, yeah. As I joked before, like, there's not going to be a red ray. This is the last ray. This is the last. Well, there's Ultra HD. That's yeah, I don't true. know how that's selling. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Like, I like the concept of it, but I'm like, I can't do this again. I can't buy no, another system and another. Well, you got to get a TV. You got to get a player. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. I was watching a not even that old British sci fi show called Hyperdrive. It's with Nick Frost. Uh, yeah. So it's, I think it's right after Shaun of the Dead and BBC style, like it's three, six episode seasons <laughs> with horrible special effects, but very funny. But in that, which say probably came out the era of DVDs and stuff, his physical media, he's the captain of this ship and he's watching a sci-fi show in his room and it's like a cube and he puts this magic cube on the table and it goes zap and it makes this surround sound movie happen. And I'm like, wow, to think that 10 or so years ago, we thought there would still be physical media in the future. Man, they were way behind the times. Yeah. (laughs) Ahead of being behind. Okay, so let's hop over to talking about all these movies we have this week. I like that we have so many movies to talk about, but we haven't seen each other in so long that we've just talked for three hours. (laughs) We get get distracted talking about piracy and Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Not great. Okay, so these are movies for April 29th through May 5th, 2022. Oh, We have a batch of Ottawa premieres, kicking it off with a documentary called Viva Maestro, which is a orchestra documentary about a conductor. What I like about this... Mr. Conductor. Mr. Conductor. (laughs) We've had so many dark and gloomy movies lately. I like that we just have this, yeah, it's a nice story about music and a conductor who's good for the community and helping people. We don't know the ending, though, because maybe he gets stabbed with a baton at the end or something like that, you know? But but no, 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 no. It's going to be good. But yes, that's one of our Ottawa premieres this week, Viva Maestro. The next Ottawa premiere we have is, talk about depressing, is The Sadness, 
which is... <laughs> you literally couldn't have a sadder title. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new... It's that I'm a snob about it sometimes, too. I don't know if it's a zombie movie or a I think so. Yes. It's, yeah. It's or like, both. Yeah, like, I think it kind of is. I think it's, like, kind of 28 Days Later-ish, but closer to zombie, you know? Like, yeah. I don't think they say the word zombie in the movie. Like, they're not dead first. They get yeah. sick and then turn And I think they're yeah, exactly. smart, right? I think they can, like talk and use tools and stuff yeah that's the thing like it's, it's a little more almost like big daddy from uh, land of the dead but that yeah they can but he couldn't talk, talk. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah he, he did what he called talking it was yeah, he, he did the uh the lion roar oh, remember when people got mad about land of the dead and quote-unquote zombies and i'm like this is written and directed by george romero yeah he's the guy yeah. he's allowed to do whatever he wants seriously and he would have loved the sadness I so mean. the sadness what i've heard is it's I mean, when they throw around quotes like this, but it's like, the most grotesque, scariest zombie movie you'll ever see. And it's one of those ones that's like, it dares you to come see it. <laughs> yeah, it's been getting like, it's interesting because like, I'm on like several Blu-ray groups on Facebook and stuff. And there's, you could just tell there's certain people, there's people that are horror fans. And then there's people that are gore fans. Yeah. And then those people, whenever there's something that's lauded that comes out, like, I don't know, like It Follows or Hereditary or whatever, they're just like... Oh, you know, didn't like it. Oh, overhyped, or oh, you know, wasn't wasn't that gory, or something like that. And then something else will come out that's literally just an hour, like guinea pig or something, like an hour of just gore and no story. And they're just like, oh, loved it, so yeah. good, so good. I'm just like, okay, listen. But the interesting thing about this movie is that it seems to be kind of uniting both sides. Both are just kind of like incredible, really good, gory, but good story, and not like I mean, it's over the top, but it's not just like. I don't know because some of the some of that stuff, especially from overseas, some of it is just unrelenting and not fun to watch. Yeah, like, just like grueling, you know. Whereas like this is actually like well done, well shot, or like an intense, intense train to Busan. I guess maybe something like that. Like not, not super similar, obviously. But and I believe it's a Canadian filmmaker via Taiwan. Like I think it's a yeah. Canadian director shooting in Taiwan. There's a there's a connection, and and is it it's Raven Banner that's putting it out here, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah I thought. So. Yeah, we love them. So and it I mean, won an award at Fantasia. Mm-hmm. It looks good, but it is movies like that. I admit that sometimes I'm a little bit cowardly, where I'm like, no, I don't want it. Yeah, like, no, Gwen <laughs> will not be coming to this one. Oh no. <laughs> it's so funny. Her go-to word is nope. Yeah. Nope. And that's Jordan's next movie is called Nope. But she'll go to that. Hopefully, she'll go to that <laughs> one. She'll go to least. that. We. Yeah. She, she loves Jordan, so. Uh, so yeah, so the sadness for a super scary, awesome horror movie Ottawa premiere. And this has been a while coming out. Like, yeah. it took a while to get distribution. So definitely, yeah, the hype is there. So yeah, come see. Then a neat looking sci-fi, I think, dramedy called Duel. And it's uh, a clone movie, I think. Mm. So Duel is with Aaron Paul from oh, Breaking geez. Bad. And, and Need for Speed. And Need for yeah. Speed, of course. <laughs> And, oh my god, I just forgot her name. From Doctor Who and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, uh, Karen Gillan? Karen Gillan. But you're a huge fan of hers. I know. I'm sorry, Karen. <laughs> my mind blanked. We even had her movie that she made here. Yeah, that was a good movie, too. But, so Duel is, yeah, like a dark comedy sci-fi about a clone. That's our third Ottawa premiere this week. But one clone, or like cloning in general? She's the clone. Okay. So I think it's like a... Spoiler. Well, it's on the poster. There's two of her. I can see two Karen Gillans well, on the poster. Twice the value. Twice the Karen. <laughs> Then, funnily enough, this is an Ottawa premiere with an asterisk, of course, but it's the Ottawa premiere of the 50th anniversary restoration of The Godfather. So Lee was like, call it an Ottawa premiere still, which makes sense that it's the premiere of this fancy version with the Sarlacc pit put into mm. it. And, and like Jabba from the early yeah, footage yeah. when he meets Han. It's like they got all the stuff in there. I don't know Godfather well enough. What's a joke of who shot first? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I can never. He I've took, only seen he it took once. the cannoli first. He, he took the cannoli first. Was he supposed to take the cannoli first? Leave the gun, or he leaves the gun first? It's like they hired the wrong people to do this podcast. On yeah, the, on the <laughs> he leaves the gun first. Now I've seen Godfather. I'm just not a super fan. I think I might catch this just because it's you know the 50th anniversary. I saw Godfather one, two, and three. Not a triple bill here at the Mayfair when I was in high school when Godfather three came out. And if I remember correctly, the best they, one, they, yeah, the best one. They showed it week to week. Oh, man, so you had to wait with the cliffhangers and everything. Yeah, but it was a neat way to see it. It's almost like I joke where I'm like, no, my friend's kids, I think they have to wait three years between Empire Strikes Back and Jedi because oh, I had to wait three years in between That's Empire what my dad Jedi. used to say to us. He was like, you kids don't know how good you got it. We can just rent the VHS, but we had to wait, and we thought Han Solo was dead. <laughs> and like, It's just like, are we supposed to feel bad for you? Like, I mean, uh, you know, we're here now. Did you see the new version of Godfather 3? No, I'm curious. I think we missed out on that because of various COVID stuff, because I'm sure it was on Lee's radar. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've heard backhanded compliments about it of like, oh, this is actually good now. Same with like Rocky Four recut as well. Like, that I, I didn't see. Yeah, yeah, like these are things where it's like, you could see them having an audience here, but at the same time, you're also like, well, I mean, it sucks that we missed it, but there's only so much you can do. Like, And they're both pretty long. Well, actually, I guess Rocky Four is not that long. That's but. the toughest thing. I was just mentioning that where I just happened to retweet some classic movie site, put up a just a thing, said intermission with a Paramount logo. They were just putting up old title cards. And I said, I wonder if the intermission will ever come back because seemingly now every movie is three hours long and there's no intermissions. The problem is... For us, it's not too bad, but imagine you're a multiplex and you're showing a movie. You want to get in as many screenings as possible. And if an intermission is 10 minutes and you're showing a movie four times a day, that adds up. Yeah. So, I don't know. We screened Drive My Car, which was three hours long, and that went okay. And now we've got Godfather, which is three hours long. It'd be funny to just do it ourselves, like just cut the movie in the middle yeah. and put an intermission <laughs> and just like see how long it takes for anyone to notice. I think we could do that, especially in the digital age or in the film age, it would have been easy. It's just an extra bit of effort. But yeah, it's just something that I contemplate because, and I know in other countries, I think Australia, I might be lying about this, that they just have intermissions on everything. Like you could be going to see a 90 minute movie and it has an intermission. That's just part of the movie going culture over there. And you'd probably sell more snacks, I would imagine. Yeah. where And I've heard that. I think Germany, a few other countries are just like, no, whatever the movie is, it has a 10 minute intermission. Because hmm. I think a friend of mine was in Australia and watching whatever and was shell-shocked when 40 minutes in, an intermission happened. Man, that'd be fun. Plus, we would just believe you. Like, we're not going to research this stuff. So it's yeah. like Josh said in uh, Turkey and yeah. Istanbul, they do this. They do 12 intermissions. So that's four, technically, four Ottawa premieres. Then our Ukrainian Film Fest oh. wraps up with a movie called Bad Roads, which, once again, is a war picture. Which, not to make light of the Ukraine, but it seems like all these movies were heavy war movies yeah i guess it would be inappropriate to get like a comedy like i don't know it seems or is that good counter-programming well, like, their guy know. is an ex-stand-up comedian right true true did he make movies or just like kids in the hall kind of tv shows i think it was just tv but yeah i, I don't know because if, if he had a comedy movie it might yeah it might be inappropriate or supportive to play that right now i don't know but yeah. could be too soon <laughs> that would be like scott thompson being the prime minister right yeah, that'd be great. Can we can we do that? Or Dave, I want that. Dave Foley even? Like, I mean, can anyone. the five of them split it? I'm I'm down for all of this. Finally, this week, another movie that got delayed a bunch because of COVID. I think at one time this was an Ottawa premiere for us, and then now it's not. But nonetheless, a good get is a big epic anime film called Bell, which all the reviews of this are basically like 
everyone talks about Studio Ghibli and they're like, this production company is on par with them. That's a heady compliment because yeah. Studio Ghibli is the greatest animation house ever. Was it this company that said that about themselves? It could have been, yeah. <laughs> That's their slogan. Yeah, the next Star Wars. You're like, oh, you can't just say that, but okay. You just look at the fine print and you're like, wait a minute. That actually, that's funny because I remember Princess Mononoke being called the Star Wars of this generation oh, yeah. when it came out. Like, one guy said that, but still. Actually, I think they said that about Titan AE as well, so, yeah. I think they said that about, I think you could find a review about that for every sci-fi <laughs> movie to come out between, like, 78 and 85. Fifth Element, 100%, they said Tron. that. Yeah. <laughs> this is all, and weirdly, none of them were the next Star Wars. That's <laughs> yeah, funny I know, how that so worked weird. Too. But Bell, just having seen the trailer, just... I love anime. I'm not like a aficionado. Like, I don't know everything about it. Mm. But especially on the big screen, it's just this... And this movie's kind of a mix, but it's that mix of CG and hand-drawn, just big, epic anime cities and sci-fi and kind of matrixy virtual reality stuff. But so I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's a big, fun movie. And what's cool, we have it in a couple of 6.30 time slots because Ooh. it's only rated PG, so it's not one of those... Scary anime film. Ninja Scroll type. Yeah, so it, it's, it's a kid-friendly anime Legend film. of the Overfiend. Oh, oh my god. Jeez, yeah. Probably. That's one of my favorite Mayfair happenings. Yeah, there's definitely... There's been a few uh, Saturday Night Cinemas that you could tell uh, maybe wasn't what anyone was expecting. <laughs> I saw Overfiend by happenstance right before moving to Vancouver for college. And that was the joke. It was... On the poster, it said, like, banned in various provinces. Banned in BC and Quebec and wherever... And the joke was that I moved to BC to get away from Overfiend because it was so disturbing. You can never fully escape it, though. But so Belle is a more a more <laughs> yeah. highbrow anime. Nothing like that. <laughs> Nothing like that. Bring the kids. Bring yeah. Grandma. I'm excited. And then finally, I forget to mention this sometimes, but it is Saturday Night Cinema time uh, again. It's already the third one since we came back, I, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. Since we came back again. Again. Ag- again, again. <laughs> and so for those not in the know, that is our free for members, members only Late, late show, secret presentation, midnight movie. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, Don't ask me what it is. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> At least he told me ahead of time. I was probably going to ask him right after No, this. you guys can ask. Oh, just, good, oh, good. Okay. Just the listening audience. <laughs> Thought you were saying that to us specifically. It's like... it's a, I like it when I haven't worked to cinema in a long time because I sucker Andrew <laughs> into doing it. Andrew lives closer now, so I don't feel bad about making yeah. him work cinema. <laughs> well, you go to bed at 9 o'clock, I picture. I don't know if that's actually true. No, but often I'm in bed at like 11.30 and I'm like, yep, cinema's about to start and I'm going to bed. <laughs> that would have been nice. You're in your shawl with the tea and everything. <laughs> yeah, like, would have been hat. great. <laughs> my little Scrooge hat. Oh, man. But this is a good example of, say if we were playing a regular two-hour movie this week, say Godfather was two hours long, Cinema would have been at 11 p.m. And it never is. But no. it never is. <laughs> Poor but, Andrew. But that's the example of we never go past midnight. Like yeah. cinema never starts at 12.45. No, God. But you Oof. see how that three-hour thing affects us because it's not too bad because it's a horror film. But one of the nights is Godfather and then 9.45 for the sadness. Right. And sadness is only 90 minutes, so it's not too bad. It kind of averages out. But I find there's sometimes people who are like, oh, 9.45. And even, like, the difference between 9.15 and 9.45, just that little extra half hour. But not too bad if it's a 90-minute movie because you'd just be like, well, just pretend it's starting at an earlier time. But Still feels better than 10. 9.45, yeah. at least it's in the nines still. But you're like, 10? Like, oh, I can't even. I can't deal with this. Yes, multiplexes do that sometimes where you see, like, Rise of Skywalker starting at 10.45. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> I see that all the time. I'm like, I'm not coming out to that. <laughs> like, like, even 7.15 is pushing it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 
So is is sadness playing before cinema? Or what's no, it's Godfather. 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 Okay, that's hilarious. Cinema is not Godfather Two. No, yeah, it's like wow, would that ever be a? That's a trial right there. That would be a long double bill. No, it's a, yeah. I mean, sadness would have been a cool precursor to cinema, but I mean, I'm not going to talk ill of arguably the greatest movie ever made. So. <laughs> yeah, and cinema I think works best. Like something like sadness could have been cinema because for me, cinema works best as 90 minutes or so. Can't be too long because no. you know you're starting a movie at midnight. And something weird, something you haven't heard about, something yeah. you haven't seen on, something that can't be seen on the big screen. I like when people walk into cinema and go, "What's playing?" And I'm like, "You're already here. Are you gonna leave?" Yeah, it's not. There's, it's very like. I think that there's been maybe like one time where I've had to tip someone off as to what it was because literally they had to leave or something or like they were on their way out at midnight. And I was just like, "You're killing me here." But, yeah. You know, like, say it real <laughs> quiet. I'm like, but I swear, if you repeat this uh, to anyone, yeah. Nothing will happen, basically. But still, please don't. <laughs> please don't. And yeah, so it's free for members. And the confusion sometimes is, oh, I can't go. I was like, well, no, just come and buy a membership. Yeah. And even pretend that's the only thing you ever come to. That means you're paying 14 bucks to see a movie, which is what you pay at some cinemas to see a movie. And you could never pay to see whatever that movie is going to be anywhere else in the world. Yeah. So that's <laughs> how I look at it. Even if it ends up being like bad or whatever. I mean, yeah. it kind of should most of the time. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like that's a once in a lifetime literally experience, you know, yeah. so do it. Okay. So that's our seven movie events yeah. this week crazy and I, it's also cool that we're covering the may the 4th we're not doing anything about it but you know this schedule goes up to may the 4th come see uh bell that's like star wars i heard that's a new star wars you see <laughs> I, that came back around and we, we were talking about rogue one most of the podcast anyways so it still counts lucas must have been hanging around godfather a little bit wasn't he i imagine weren't they, they they were all well buddies. they were friends yeah, yeah they are that, friends because that was like right after thx 1138 and right before american graffiti which coppola produced so yeah so all. just pretend uh george was on set a couple days that counts as a star wars movie that's still good i pretend everything's star wars so it's yeah. all good okay so thanks for listening everybody we can be found at mayfairtheater.ca and on all the social medias and we will see you Back here soon at the Mayfair to watch some awesome movies on the big screen. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Fingers crossed the Cage movie doesn't do well enough that we get it next week. Dare to dream. Who knows? The Godfather is now a movie from Paramount, rated R.